A draw is better than a loss. I am the champ. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, <didn't. laughs> I, I believe that is the quadruple. Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. Come on, Jared Goff. Come on. Any trade that involves you getting Drew Locke, you probably lost. Well, I guess everyone knew more than I did. The amount of times that you have been on stage with less than reputable clothing. Yes, indeed. We have no shit. Enough said on that. I can neither confirm or deny. Shout out to um, Raccoon Red. Clearly, I have a lot of opinions about this. Hello and welcome to another episode of Improper Fantasy Football. My name is Mark. And I'm Biz, coming to you from the Big Apple. How are you doing? I can't complain. Sorry that the World Cup got cancelled that the United States uh, <laughs> failed to continue last year. All the ratings tanked, nobody's paying attention to it anymore. We're all now watching the Lions uh, football. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's just more interesting. Uh, how do you take yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, it, it stopped, didn't it, after the USA mm -hmm. lost to Holland? Yeah, it, exactly. It just, they stopped. They just, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a, been a interesting, interesting week in the World Cup. We'll get to that a bit later, but Big week in the NFL too. Lots of uh, some really good games, and uh, yeah, good good results in our fantasy league as well. So we'll we'll get into that too. <laughs> Absolutely, we've got some drama in our league too, and we're going to we spend do. a little bit of time final talking week. about the clinching scenario we've got at the end of our final week of regular season play. But if you listener want to let us know how you're doing in your fantasy league going into what most of us are experiencing as the final week of the regular season. Go ahead and reach out to us. Our Twitter is at Improper Fantasy. Our Instagram handle is Improper Fantasy Football. And our email account is Improper Fantasy Podcast at gmail.com. We always start off with how the top performers in fantasy football were this week. I don't think anybody is shocked, based off of the performance last week, that the top fantasy performer this past week was Jalen Hurts for the yeah. Eagles yeah, in that dominating game over the Titans. Yep. Yeah monster game that was we'll chat about that a bit later but that was a that was a result i i thought the eagles would win i just didn't see it being that dominant jalen hurts was responsible for 38.4 points based of our league uh that came off of 380 yards and three touchdowns passing on top of another rushing touchdown on top of that christian mccaffrey continuing to do christian mccaffrey things uh yeah jimmy g goes down but he dominates on the ground and in the air 66 rushing yards, 80 receiving yards, and a touchdown good for 27.6 points in our league. Devontae yep. Adams, like, I don't think people are talking about the Raiders as much as they should. Like, I'm very well aware of them because of the overtime victory that they had against the Seahawks a couple weeks ago. But Devontae Adams is just quietly having one of the best seasons he's had in a while. He had 177 yards receiving uh, and two touchdowns for 35.7 points. Last bit of news for the points leaders, uh, Greg Dulcich for the Broncos. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call him a surprise just because he is a tight end in the league. I think the only surprise is that his name is not Travis Kelsey. Uh, he had 85 <laughs> yards receiving. That was good for 14.5 points. Yeah, I think, touching on Devontae Adams, the Raiders have, they've, They've improved over the last few weeks. We've seen them. We've seen them come along a bit after being two and seven. They've now won three on the trot. Um, Devonta Adams is still one of the best receivers in the league. I mean, there's an argument that he is the best, and people always wondered, you know, going to the Raiders if he's going to be as productive. And as you said, he's having one of the best seasons of his career, despite not having Aaron Rodgers trying to win. So yeah, I mean, he's still having a, a great season. 
only real big surprise that I was able to point out from this past week was Samaje Pirine, who I've mentioned a couple of weeks ago when he came in in relief of Joe Mixon. But Samaje Pirine had 106 yards rushing for the Bengals and also tacked on 49 yards receiving. I'm wondering if his production that we've seen is less so about his capability because we've seen him on other teams before less so about his ability and more so about the fact that this Bengals offensive line has just coalesced over the past couple of months and is just a monster for run blocking and pass protecting which is part of the reason why the Bengals are one of the most scary teams in the league right now yeah I mean to have that dual threat I mean we all know sort of Joe Mixon is their number one but to have a a number two that can put up those numbers. That's that's great. But you're right. I've always said this sometimes with the NFL that you know, particularly with the running back position, you never know whether it's the running back is is excellent and very talented at, at his job, or whether it's the offensive line and whether it's the way they block. Because we've seen Demarco Murray, for example, to to give an example, a few years back. You know, went off with the Cowboys, then he went to the Eagles and just was very ordinary and to me that was like okay that's we all know that that was an era when the Cowboys had a great offensive line and I, and I think that happens a lot with running backs they go they go somewhere else and they just they're just not they're just not the same so I think with the Bengals obviously they're benefiting from having a great offensive line at the moment we had a few injuries in the league this past week a couple of pretty big ones as well mm. uh Lamar Jackson suffers a knee injury it doesn't look like as of this point that the Ravens have put him on IR. I think they are taking a look at that from a week-to-week perspective. But the, the Ravens signed Brett Hundley, and he's going to be behind... It's Tyler Hundley that's, that's going to be starting for the, the Ravens, I think, this week. Not a good thing to happen when the Bengals are trying to take over the Ravens as that top spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, that's, a, that's a big... Big blow to the Ravens, particularly in their kind of quest for the division. But how is there a prognosis on how long? I mean, um, John Harbaugh said, what, what, days to weeks, didn't he? Yeah, he said days to weeks. And I think I, it's a weird thing with the quarterback. If Lamar wasn't a traditional pocket passer, and, and I forget who mentioned this earlier today. It may have been Max Kellerman. But if he was a traditional pocket passer, it might be a situation where they could say, okay, Lamar... Just sit in the back, just go ahead and do what you need to do, and we'll protect you. But so much of his game is based off of his athleticism and his ability to get around blockers and to be able to find the open play and to extend plays based off of his legs to be able to get into that second level of the defense. Yeah, I think they're trying to be careful and not throw him out there when his instincts are going to put him into harm's way. And they're just going to see how he plays. But this cannot be good for a fantasy player that a lot of people took in the third or fourth round of their drafts. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a big blow. On the flip side of that, the, uh, the most talked about injury from this past week, Jimmy Garoppolo going on IR because of a broken ankle. Now, it doesn't look like it's a Liz Frank injury, and it looks like he could be back in six to eight weeks' time. As far as the Niners are concerned, the rest of their team is probably good enough that if they had even reasonable play off of their backup Brock Purdy that he would be able to get them into the playoffs and all they would have to do is just win one first round game 
to allow Jimmy G the time necessary to heal to come back for the divisional round. As far as fantasy is concerned, well, this could mean that some players on that team actually get a boost in fantasy scoring. Like CMC may have the the load rely on him significantly more. You may have the the secondary running back come in, whoever that's going to be. I, I think Elijah Mitchell is, is injured again, but they essentially could just plug in anybody. If you wanted to have a job with the 49ers, you probably could succeed behind that offensive line. Um, <laughs> um, a... But it, it, it's, it's a different dynamic for fantasy when Garoppolo goes out. I don't know. I, I think it is a big blow. Like I Jimmy G is just, he's the most... Um... I don't know. He's one of the most polarizing players in the NFL. Um, it's really interesting to me. When you look at his overall record, it's a good record. And I think, I think there's something about him that I like him. I, th- I think when, when the chips are down, he often comes through. But he does make stupid, boneheaded mistakes occasionally. But that team obviously doesn't really rely on him. They have CMC now. They've got George Kittle. They've got a good running game. They've got a very, very good defense. We all know about mm-hmm. their defense, and that's what they're going to ride, I think, to the playoffs. I, I actually do think it hurts their playoff implications a little bit. It remains to be seen. You're right, they can still get in without, if, if they have, you know, manageable play from Brock Purdy and, you know, a sort of game manager that, that, that plays not to lose and just, just makes plays when he has to. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think it hurts them, actually, a little bit. And, and they might suffer a bit because of it. But they do have the benefit of, uh, you know, are, are they one, one game ahead of the Seahawks? They're one game ahead of the Seahawks. They won the <laughs> first matchup against the Seahawks in week two this year. But they are going to be playing that Thursday night football game in a couple of weeks. And yep. if the Seahawks win that game that put, and, and everything remains even, that puts them in at the same record. And then it's essentially a sprint to the end of the season. To use that as a segue, uh, the Seahawks were not without injury themselves. Uh, Kenneth Walker III went out of the game this past week because of a foot injury. And now, I don't know if you watched that game. I certainly did. And we all know that Rashad Penny has been out for most of the season. Uh, Kenneth Walker III went out in this game with a foot injury. We don't know if he's out for this week or if he's going to play this week. That's still up in the air. Uh, DJ Dallas also left the game this week. And then they had to rely on a running back they picked up off of somebody else's practice squad in late October. Uh, I think his name is Tony Jones. He came in and he performed extremely well. But he also got knocked for a loop at one point. And DJ Dallas, who had been taken out of the game, had to go back in (laughs) while he was banged up because they were down to nobody uh, for a period of time. So I think think Dallas is looking healthier. I think they're okay with going with Tony Jones next week. But the question is, will Walker play next week? Other injuries that we see, uh, Tua left his game briefly with an ankle injury. Uh, it, I haven't seen any more news regarding this. I, it seems like that isn't going to hold him back. Uh, Cortland Sutton left his game with a hamstring injury as well. Uh, we don't have any updates on that if he's going to be out. But this is not the week to have your primary players go out. Uh, especially with so many fantasy implications that are going on. No. Yeah. Speaking of fantasy implications, Biz. Here we go. You told me about a month ago when you and I were playing our heads up matchup that you didn't want me to give you any hope whatsoever. That you're like, you know what? You're not making the playoffs. It's not going to happen. Here we are. Final game of the season. Listeners, let me go ahead and paint this picture for you. 
The top five spots in the playoffs have been guaranteed. Ned and Mark, improper Mark, have clinched their first round buys. Both of them are two games ahead of third place. In third spot right now, you've got Jerry. Fourth spot is Roger, the hammer. I'm a... And in fifth spot, I'm Oliver, who last year was dead to rights for most That's of the right. season. Yeah. And also, actually, with that in mind, Roger, both of our, like, our cans that we constantly kicked last year, Oliver and Roger from last year, have bounced back and <laughs> made the playoffs this year. Well, but Oliver, now... Oliver, I will say, just Oliver actually, he said that once Kyler went out injured last year, he just sort of gave up. So this year's a different story. So, yeah, kudos mm -hmm. to my mate Oliver backing... Back in the UK, I'll have to send him a congratulatory uh, uh, message getting in the playoffs. We're going to go ahead and tie up on that last fifth and deciding spot uh, in that. Fifth. I just want to go ahead and get my little bit of news out there. I once again lost. I lost Andy this week. I haven't clinched the number one overall spot, but it's, it's about 99.9%. .9%. I'm playing against Spencer this week in order for me to lose the number one pick. Uh, I have to win my match, uh, Spencer has to lose his match, and I have to gain more than 100 points than Spencer does. But I'm, I'm not going to lie, I don't feel like tanking this week, uh, because my match has massive implications, don't they, Biz? They do, but I love the way, how, how you skim, can you, can you remind the listeners my result as well from last week, and, and who I so beat? I wasn't skimping over anything because I want to get dedicate <laughs> the rest of this time towards talking about your situation. Uh, Biz last week knocked off Ned, our current first place holder, and a player that about a month ago you said that there was no chance you were going to win this matchup. Uh, you ended up beating Ned by about nine points, and that didn't affect him in any way. He still clinched his first round by. What was his record I played him? His record was 10 and 2, and now you've knocked wow. him down to 10 so and 3. He's and still in first. You beat a 10 and 2 team, and you have moved to 6 and 7. Justin, your proclaimed interloper, as you've described him in the past, handily defeated, uh, looks like Nicholas, uh, by almost double his points, and he has moved to 7 and 6. Right now, Justin is the sixth seed, but he hasn't clinched. And the reason why is because you have more points than him right now. If you win and somehow Justin loses, you will take the sixth spot. Now, it's not going to be easy. Your matchup this week is not an easy matchup. You are going to be playing against your mate, Improper Mark, in a you-must-win scenario. The two of you are very even right now. You are currently favored to beat Improper Mark by a point and a half. How does that feel going into the last week? Well, you know, you know, Mark, as you know how much I love Mark and I've, I've, I've bigged him up a lot on this podcast, you know, for so many, so many weeks. And, you know, I've never said anything, you know, derogatory about Improper never, Mark. Never, never, never. Um, never, never at all. Um, so, you know, I, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, our, our long history... I'm, not that I am, you know, asking him to do anything for me, but, you know, um, <laughs> I, I'm sure we, we could come to some agreement over the next few days. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I had a great win last night. I've got to be honest, I didn't even bother checking my score because I thought I'm going to get absolutely smashed. He's 10 and 2. He's he's number one. Um, 
And then I, I think on Sunday night, I, I checked my scores. Um, because interestingly, I played Trevor Lawrence instead of Gino. I should have gone with Gino. I mean, Gino's just been a surefire thing, Mr. Consistent all year. That would have given me a much bigger buffer. But on Sunday night, I checked my scores. And before the Sunday night game, and I was up by about 12 or 13 points. And I was like, oh, my God. And I saw that Ned still had one player to play, Michael Pittman Jr. for the Colts. And I was like, well, he can go off. He can certainly get 14, 15 points. And obviously, we, we know what happened with the Colts on Sunday night. Thankfully, you know, the, the, well, their whole offense just was a complete dud, no show. It was embarrassment. So I got the win. Still puts me in contention. And yeah, you're right. I need to win. Justin needs to lose. Mark, you know, as, as my esteemed co-host, you know, we, you know, I, I, I like to think, you know, I, don't, I really gloat about that, you know, about the fact that I'm still the reigning defending champion. Um, you know, I've always complimented you on, on, you know, your excellent team this year. For, for, for once, please, please just win this week. <laughs> please, please. If, if, if ever, if ever there is a God, please, please let, let Mark beat his longtime friend, Justin. But you know what will happen? You'll beat him and I'll get <laughs> 50 points. So it doesn't make any difference anyway. So let, let's, let's talk about that for a second. So as you alluded from their listeners, Biz is dependent on my victory this week. Going up against my longtime friend and friend of this podcast, Justin, the uh, Biz-described interloper. Right now, Justin is facing a big problem with his lineup. A lot of his players are on by. He doesn't get Jonathan Taylor. He doesn't get Cordero Patterson. He doesn't get Justin Fields. And in fact, unless he makes a move right now, he doesn't have a second running back on his team that's going to be playing this week. So he's going to have to be making some adjustments. Before all of those adjustments happen, I am currently a slight favorite against him. I'm sure he'll take me over in that department at some point. But Biz, I shared with you an audio file. Uh, Justin wanted to send a message to you. Um, not not to me, the person he's playing against. And it's not your opponent this week in proper mark. Justin wanted to directly talk to you. And this is what he had to say. Hey, Biz. It's the interloper here. I understand in order for you to make the playoffs, you need two things to happen. One, you need me to lose my playoff game. And actually, even more unlikely, you need to win your playoff game. It's not going to happen. It's over. Done. You're over. It's done. It's not going to happen. No playoffs for you. No quadruple. No triple. No double. Not, none of that. It's all over. Just give up. That's it. I'll hang up and listen. Wow. I wonder how many times he said it's over. It's done. Um, you know what? Fair's fair. I mean, it's not even really about this week. The, the, I, I've said this all along. When I played Justin, I lost by 0.28 points. Now, I, I think, as I've said, you know, I, I've, you know, put this out there that I personally think, and maybe we could change this for next year. If, if, you're, within, if you're within a point, or maybe we could change it now. We are the commissioners. Can I, can I just go in and put, you know what, it's a tie. Because surely they, the stats committee may have got something a little bit wrong in that game. <laughs> maybe, you know, one of Justin's plays actually got, a couple of yards less than they did in a catch or a run. So maybe <laughs> I think, no. So I think it's fair if that's a tie. And if it is a draw, 
then, you know, if it is a draw, then I would actually just have to win. Now, hang on. Let's see. If it was a draw, I would be, we would both be 6-6-1, six, six and one, in which case I would be in the sixth spot anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, you know what, Justin? You can have your day in the sun. You can have mm-hmm. your day in the sun. Games have not been played yet. So I'm just going to leave it like that. I have to say, in some ways, that what I've done this year, and I know people are going to laugh, I, I actually think I've done a better job in fantasy this year than I did last year. Last year, my <laughs> team was... Last year, my team was the stuff of legends. I'm just going to say that. Like, I had Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase, Austin Eckler, and I can't remember who my, my other running back was. Was it Chubb? No, it wasn't Chubb. But was it, was it someone... Mixon? No, it was someone like really amazing though, and I I can't remember. I had um... oh, you had Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, right? So yeah, he was your first pick in the whole draft. Correct. So Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. My tight end was Dalton Schultz, and Justin Herbert as my quarterback. That team, like, it's it's almost a video game team. So the fact that I won with that team, I'm not that surprised. This year, the moves I've made, the struggles I've had with injuries. Keenan Allen was basically out for the whole season. Just came out, just came back two weeks ago. I said all along, I win or die by my running backs this year, and thankfully, I had I've got three stellar running backs that, for the most part, have produced like all season. Um, and you know, I picked up Geno Smith from the waiver wire, who has been a really good pickup for me. He's been good. I played him most of the time, so. I've got. I, I think I've done a better job with less this year. So sure, no, sure. Just, but I, I just want to point out. To, I, I'm I'm going to talk over you for a second, Biz, because I want to point out that Justin has just called you out and has just like made a declaration. And all you've done at this point is point to the past. Biz, <laughs> can you do me a favor and can you respond to Justin as far as how this weekend is going to go? Justin, I wish you nothing but the best. You know us Brits, we don't we don't really engage in this form of smack talk. We're very we're very reserved people. And you know, congrats to you on currently being sixth. And you know, if you get in the playoffs, I hope you lose in the first round. Um, but <laughs> nothing no. bitter out of that statement no, whatsoever. There's, there's there's no one that I want to well no, actually, you know who I'm rooting for in the playoffs? My mate Oliver, Oliver from back home. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know how much I love Improper Mark. Um, so he's out. Justin, he's out. Um, Roger, Roger, actually, yeah, Roger and Oliver. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm rooting for them in the playoffs. I'm likely going to be rooting for Roger and Jerry in this year's playoffs. Oh, Jerry, um, although, of course, if you manage to get the playoffs, I, I can't help but, but root for you. I'll and go it, it sounds to me like you're taking this defeatist approach already. Oh, yes. Does that, that mean that you me. don't have any faith in your co-host to go out there and get the win this week? Uh, no, I, I do. I just don't have any faith in me being improper Mark. And so that, that is, I can, I can see that happening, that, that you will do your part. And I will either, and it, I, 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 can, I can envisage this a mile away. I will lose by envisage. less than a point. <laughs> yeah, I will lose by less than a point or a very close margin. Um, so... Yeah, um, you know, it, it's it's one of those. It goes down to the wire, but um, I'm not I'm not hopeful. That attitude has actually done me quite well over the last few weeks, because you know, <laughs> apart from 
the Justin results. Uh, you know, I've won, I think, three or four. So, yeah. Yeah, you've been doing really well down the stretch. Final, it's going, going to be an interesting final week. But there is the consolation bracket too. So, you know, I can you mean still to, win that. to win first loser? No, to me, it's just another division. You know, it's <laughs> it's like it's like, uh, you know, the, the, the Pac-12, you know, so it's like winning, you know, winning the, uh, the Pac-12. That's that's how I like to view it. It's just an alternative division, alternative championship. So. So, yeah, bring on the final weekend. Bringing on the final weekend. But you've assured me you're not going to tank. Oh, I don't have it. Like, I think that my number one spot is, is secure at this point. I don't have a reason to tank. But I have a reason to go out there and defend this podcast's integrity and go out there and get a win for my co-host. You know, I, 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 can, I can just say, you know, I, I love the attitude. I can't say if the if the tables were turned whether I would do the same, but <laughs> you know that's why that's why you know you you have such a great attitude when it comes to fantasy. No, I appreciate that, but um, we will see what happens. We will see what happens. It's all it's all to play for, you know. Justin, may may the best may the best fantasy team win. Listeners, uh, I just can't get any love any week. Whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, moving on from this depressing part of my life into something that's much more <laughs> uplifting, we're going to talk about the actual NFL for a little bit. And a as a result of the past week's games, uh, I have a couple of questions that I want to pose to Biz and just get his thoughts on these. We saw the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Kansas City Chiefs for the third time in 2022. How good is this Bengals team right now? The Bengals are really good. Um, they started off pretty poorly they sort of didn't really get going last few weeks they they've shown what they're made of um there's something about joe burrow you know he's very you know they call him like you know he's a little bit like joe cool um joe burr nothing, yeah nothing nothing really phases him and he's he but he has that swagger um and i think he's got that it factor even even more so than patrick mahomes that in terms of talent I would take Patrick Mahomes any day of the week. Oh, yeah, I, I would too. It's not even close. But I, I think there's something about Joe Burrow that, and, and I, don't, I don't want to say he owns the Chiefs, but he's beaten them I three mean, times in In 2022, he pretty much in has three, residence there. Right. And it's hard to beat a team three times in a row, any team, let alone the Kansas City Chiefs. So to me, this was a statement win. Um, they were down with two minutes to go. And he leads them on a, you know, touchdown winning drive for the go-ahead go touchdown. Um, the Bengals have the confidence when they play the Chiefs that they can beat them. Um, Not a lot of teams have that. I would, I think they're a scarier team than the Ravens. Um, the Ravens have had some really odd, weird, stupid losses just a couple of weeks ago. The, the Jags game. I mean, even this last week, they beat the Broncos, what, 10-9? And I, I know there's a mitigating circumstances but you know what is that against like one of the worst teams in the league i don't think anyone really wants to face the bengals i think a lot of people would fancy their chances against the ravens um but i think you know the bengals the bengals are are going to be a very dangerous team in the playoffs no, no matter kind of which position they get because they're, they're probably not going to probably not going to get a bye i mean the afc is much more it's much more competitive, I think. Um, to me, there's, no, there's actually no standout team. Um, I think you could argue the Bengals are the hottest team right now. Um, yeah. 
and and yeah, I mean, there, there's there's two or three teams that that are going to be scary, kind of going into the playoffs in the AFC. But I think the Bengals right now are a very dangerous team. Down the stretch, the Bengals are going to be playing this schedule. Uh, hosting Cleveland, at Tampa Bay, at New England, hosting Buffalo, hosting Baltimore. Mm. They may be able to run that table. They may be able to win out. Like, Buffalo's going to, yeah. without a doubt, be the hardest match of the, the, the rest of the, the season. Uh, and you can never count out division games. And they play Cleveland with a team that scored three touchdowns, none of which were on offense this past week. You've got the Baltimore Ravens who are getting more and more banged up. There is a very, very real possibility that the Cincinnati Bengals win their last five games. And if they do that, they will win the division. And based off of the fact that they also won the heads-up matchup against Kansas City, and if they win out, we'll also have the heads-up matchup against the Bills. And they have the heads-up matchup against the, the Dolphins when they won earlier this year, too. If they win out, they're likely the number one seed. Yeah, I, I think it's hard to win out given, given that, that stretch of games, but mm -hmm. it's a possibility. Yeah, it's a possibility. I don't know if you watched the Sunday night football game, Cowboys versus the Colts. I watched some of it. Yeah. That game, I, my gosh, I, it's been a while since I've seen domination of that kind by any team. Uh, putting up 33 points in the fourth quarter and just completely decimating the Colts. And you saw every single time that there was a defensive score, just an offensive master play that happened. Every time the Colts came back out, they were just more deflated and more defeated. And it was a mental destruction that you could see from the entire Colts sideline. This is going to be a very, very big stretch, but it's what everybody's talking about right now. Are the Cowboys the best team this second? No, I... I, I would still say the Eagles and the Vikings are, uh, are better than them, personally. It's hard, I think, although a lot of that does come from, obviously, Cowboy hate. Yeah, <laughs> and I think they're your people, favorite team, your favorite team. They're my favorite team that, you know, a lot of people, but I think a lot of people don't, don't want to admit. And, and I, I wonder if, say, it wasn't the Cowboys and another team did what they did on Sunday night whether I'd be sitting here saying, actually, yeah, they are the best team right now. So I, I'm sort of the wrong person to ask because I, I don't really want to admit that they are the best team. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think they are. Like, I think I am a firm sort of believer in you are what your record is. And, you know, the Eagles have shown all year, they're 11 and 1. We just saw what they did to a good, good Titans team. You know, the Titans Very team. Very good no, Titans team. And just, you know, they're no uh, Houston Texans. You know, they're the Derrick Henry. They're, and, you know, they obliterated them. So... I, I think I personally think the Eagles and the Vikings are the class of the NFC right now. And, and the Cowboys are, you know, probably the third best team. But the Cowboys are coming. And whatever anyone wants to say, they are a bit they are a legitimate threat because, yeah. you know, Dak's come back. They've got uh, C.D. Lamb, um, obviously the kind of dual threat of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And obviously their defense is pretty legit. So... Yeah, they've got all the pieces there to make a deep run. The Pittsburgh Steelers were on life support just a few weeks ago. Uh, after losing to the Eagles about a month or so ago, they went down to 2-6. and six. Since then, they've won 3 of 4, and they are now 5-7. and seven. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record as a head coach, and I think we were all looking at this team and thinking, yeah, this is finally going to be the season for that. But with 
the way that they've been playing the past month or so, and not, not that it's been fantastic, but they have been in every single game that they've played, and their one loss against a division rival Bengals was lost by one score. Is Mike Tomlin going to get the Steelers back to a winning record? Ooh, that's a tricky one. Would you like to know who they play down the stretch? Sure. Uh, they, pl- they host Baltimore, go to the Panthers, host the Raiders, go to Baltimore, and then host the Browns. So they get three oh, division games. Baltimore, right. Baltimore, they Cleveland. Have to win, they have to win four out of their last five to finish nine and eight. That's correct. Uh, it's, you know, division, three of their games are in division, and that's always really hard. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish with a winning record. But even if they don't, like, even if they finish eight and nine, given how bad they looked at the beginning of the year, given all the, the transition period, obviously Big Ben retiring last year, this could be like Mike Tomlin's greatest ever kind of coaching job. To me, the Steelers are a personification of Mike Tomlin. They're a personification of their, their coach. That A few weeks ago, they could have just thrown it in you know, sort of, sort of tanked, but, but Mike Tomlin just doesn't let his team do that. They, they just, they, they play every game hard and they're, they're, they're still in contention with possibly getting a playoff uh, berth. And who would have thought that, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, they just always play hard. They're, they're a tough team to beat. They're a tough team to play. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of be on the fence on that one. Cause I'm just, I'm just not sure. But I think even if they finish, say, eight or nine, I think that'll be a stellar achievement, to be honest. I can't live on the fence, Biz. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and make a, uh, a, a pick for, on behalf of the entire podcast. And I'm not the biggest fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but there's just something about the aura of Mike Tomlin. And this might be the Mark Kiss of Death, and this might be what's going to bring them down ultimately is my pick. Oh, no. I think the Steelers are going to pull a 4-1 and one record for, the, for down the stretch. I'm going to say they're going to win, go 9-8. and eight. I'm not going to say they're going to get into the playoffs. I, I, I think that that's beyond them at this point. But I, also, I do think that if you looked at where the, drafts, the draft order was about a month ago, the Steelers were picking third. This team doesn't tank. This team doesn't say, okay, we're going to play for next season. They played themselves out of a top 10 pick, and they may be looking to just, like, we're going to compete, we're going to get there. And like I said, I'm not the biggest Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but you and I both said this multiple times, we are big Mike Tomlin fans. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I think he's he's the best coach, like, in the league. Um, And it has been for, you know, a a, a long time, just... He's a coach that I think a lot of players want to play for. Um, and uh, yeah, it will, it will definitely be interesting to see like, what happens to them going down the stretch because they are in contention. Monday night football, Saints versus Bucks. One of the biggest punches in the gut that I felt in a very long time. In one of my other fantasy leagues, uh, all I needed was for Rashad White not to score a touchdown at the end. And he was the one oh, no. who caught the touchdown reception and knocked me out of potential to get a first round buy in one of my work leagues. So oh, it's wow. been a while since I felt that. I'm, I'm still in the playoffs in that league, but I'm now not out of potential of being able to get a first round buy. Uh, shout out to Chris, Simon, and Kelly for all being in position to get the first round buys in that league. But that game highlighted one thing that we always overlook, which is Tom Brady's ability to will his team into a 
a win. Uh, they were down, what, 16-3 to three in the fourth quarter? In the fourth quarter, yeah. And they ended up winning that game in the last play of the game, 17-16. to 16. Well, not the last play of the game. The, the, the Saints uh, got close. a kickoff return. Yeah. But with that being the case, and with the Bucks now firmly in control of that division, are the Bucks a legitimate playoff threat? It, it's so difficult, again, because to me, they're... Uh... They're a sort of boom or bust team. Um, it's like again, they're playing in the worst division in the NFL this year by a long shot. I mean, it, I could I couldn't believe what you just said. They're worse than the six. AFC South. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's I'd say it's close. But I think there's an argument you can make that yes, you just said they're six and six and in firm control of their division. I mean, if ever there's kind of an oxymoron <laughs> statement, I mean, that's like that's just so so weird to me. I mean, they are going to win the. division division they possibly could even win the division with a losing record it seems but it you know betting against tom brady is a dangerous game betting against the the playoffs is even worse uh, the one thing i would say is that they have not overall they have not looked very good this year and if they were in another division they wouldn't even be in with a shout of winning the division so i think it's hard to say okay well you know, you, you look at their body of work. They haven't been good at all this year. I mean, I, so Monday night, I actually, I stopped watching because the Saints were kind of, the, the, the Bucks were terrible. And at 16-3, I actually was just like, oh, this, this is over. And then when I woke up on Tuesday and found out that, you know, Tom Brady did a bit of his heroics again. But I don't think they're a team that anyone is particularly scared of playing. Th- th- there's something not, not right with them. We talked about this and I, I think... They have been better over the last few weeks, and I think a lot of that is to do with the weight, uh, sort of the, the weight being lifted off Tom Brady's shoulders after kind of finalising his divorce and being able to kind of move on with that part of his life. They have looked a little bit better, but you know they're still not a dangerous team for me, G- given given how good some of the teams look in the NFC, uh, the Vikings, the Eagles, the Cowboys. I don't. I don't think there's there's anything that that a, any team that should be scared of the Bucks in the playoffs. I I just don't think they're a dangerous team. I, I don't necessarily think that whole team is a dangerous team right now. Sure, you've got some phenomenal playmakers, Levante, David, Vita Vea. They're always like very very dominating threats. You have to consider uh, the Mike wide Ev- receivers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. If any of them get going, there's really not much that you can do to stop them. I would be hard-pressed to say that right now I'm scared of any of those individual players, but Tom Brady, when he wants to will the team to win, there's almost nothing that you can do to stop that aura, and you can't really explain why, other than the fact that he wants it so bad, and he gets it. Yeah, he's the sole reason why they they are a dangerous team in the playoffs. You know, I, I think if you, if they had another quarterback, and I know that sounds, but you're right, that the the other parts of the team are so so. I'd say they have dangerous playmakers on, on both sides of the ball. You know he's the goat, and they are probably barring a massive setback going to get in the playoffs. And you know anything can happen. It's a one game. That's the thing with the playoffs. It's one game, and and all you need is Tom Brady to turn it on maybe for one game, and they knock a team seeded higher out. Yeah, and with that we're going to move on. 
from our week 13 wrap up. Looking ahead to week 14, this is one of the worst bye weeks that this season is going to be pushing forth, and it's right in that last week of yeah. regular season play for fantasy football. The Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, Falcons, and Commanders are all on by this week. That means no Justin Fields, no Aaron Rodgers, no Jonathan Taylor, no Aaron Jones, no Christian Watson, no Alvin Kamara, no Chris Olave, <laughs> no Core Daryl Patterson, uh, no Terry McLaurin, like, and no Saints defense. If you've been writing one defense all season, you're gonna, yeah. and it's been the Saints, you're gonna have to do some shuffling this week. So there are a lot of people that are going to have to do some shuffling just to make this work. I mentioned before in my matchup with Justin, he has to do something before we start this coming week. Just, Justin, at... you don't need to do anything. Justin, you don't need to do anything. You've got enough players to beat Mark. Just just go out there, stick with your team. That's all you can do. That's that's what I say, you know. Are you saying you want Justin to have the flex of knocking you out of the playoffs with eight players instead of nine? <laughs> yes, you know, that, you know that's going to happen, yeah. <laughs> Continuing to look ahead to next week, there are some great matchups coming up. Some yeah. divisional matchups. Actually, with one exception, all of these matchups that I typed up for this week, they're all, all divisional. Mm. Jets at Bills. Uh, maybe Mike White continues to play. He he didn't have his greatest game last week, but at the same time, that Jets <laughs> defense against the vaulted Bills overall team, that's Where's the Mike looking White like love? it's... Still... Where's the Mike White love, Mark? Hey, you know what? Ride the wave, and the wave is starting to, to, to call at this point, you know. Uh, Browns at Bengals. We talked about the Bengals uh, at, at length, and the Browns had an interesting game last week where they scored three touchdowns, all of which were on defense. But you mentioned before, you can't count any of these division matches out. Uh, Vikings and Lions. The Vikings still have not clinched their division because the Lions are there, and it's still technically possible for the Lions to win this division. Uh, if the Lions win this week, I'm I'm just gonna be, I, I'm just gonna be so amused. Uh, Eagles and Giants. I think that this is the game that a lot of people are gonna be watching just to see if the Giants are actually legit and if the Eagles, if they can keep the the streak against good playoff contending teams uh, to cement their status as the best team in the league. And that I know the matchup that you are most excited about. You're gonna be bringing out your Brandon Staley jersey. Dolphins at Chargers. Uh, you're just looking for another two-point conversion at the end of the play game what, what did, what did uh, for what win did or go you? home. What did I tell you last week? You know, we, uh, we're that get, Brandon we're Staley is your favorite uh, NFL person of all time. You know, my pick'em. That the, the Chargers are just nap time. That you know, Mike Mike Wilborn always says this on PCI. They just take a nap, and and this is it's like they have uh, they have had some bad injuries this year, but. You know, they just, the last few weeks, they've just gone lost one, you know, lost win, lost win, lost win. And it's just, you can't, you can't trust them. I, I said this, like, I, I picked the Raiders because I just thought they were on a bit of a roll. And the Chargers should, should you know, win that game over a, over a team that they have a better record than. Um, and the Raiders come out on top. And, yeah, I mean, there are some great matches this week. Dolphins-Chargers, I mean, I'm going to pick the Dolphins in that one anyway because, yeah, I just rarely pick the Chargers. Um, uh, Jets Bills that that is going to be that is going to be a good match um, division game Vikings Lions I want to touch on that because yes the Lions do. yes it was the Jags but they they put up forty points on the Jags we talked about this earlier before the pocket but the Lions are, are still in sh in a shit 
the Lions are still in with a shout and making the playoffs. And who would have thought that? They're five and seven. I think, you know, we sometimes think of them as the proverbial doormat of the NFL. But this year, they, they haven't been one of the worst teams in the NFL. I mean, at five and no. seven, there were lots of teams at five and seven. And there were lots of teams with worse records than that. So that that's going to be an interesting... I mean, I'm, t- I'm tempted to pick the Lions in that because it is a division game. And they're going to be playing so hard. But um, yeah, there were some oh, yeah. really good matches this week. Well, you know, with that in mind, it, it is time for us to consider it is time uh, to- our picks for this week. Uh, to recap, it was about as bad as you could possibly imagine, listeners. Uh, I'm the only one who picked their team incorrectly last week. Uh, <laughs> and I just want to go ahead and blame my co-host for goading me out of a pick. Oh, oh. Uh, and into, oh, into yeah, the clearly it. wanting to just like cement my Mike White love. But you know what? Uh, I'll take that loss. I'll take that. Even though I'm going to blame Biz, I will take the rest of the responsibility since I gave into that. Biz won with his Raiders pick and sits at eight points. I am still sitting at five points. And Justin, taking the Detroit Lions, gets a point for the guests and nice. actually overtakes yours truly uh, in points for the guests. So Biz is in the lead with eight points. The guests are now in second with six, and I'm f- sitting back with five points. So, Biz, why don't you go ahead and select first this week, since I'm still beside myself with uh, that Mike White love from last week. So, there are two that I'm looking at. Prime time, the Chargers, Sunday night. Dolphins oh, you're going to pick the Chargers this week? No, 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 no. I was going to, no, because I think I've already You're, you're going to pick your favorite, favorite coach. No, no. I was thinking of going with the Dolphins, because you just know, you just know. <laughs> uh, so so that's one the other one is the jags and titans because i'm pretty sure i haven't picked the titans you, you haven't uh, picked either of those teams oh you know what yeah i'm gonna go with the safer pick even though i actually think the dolphins are probably the safer pick because titans jags is a division game and i'm mm-hmm. just a bit worried about but the titans was were didn't show up really against the Eagles. They got blown out. They're going to be looking for a rebound. I'm going to pick the Tennessee Titans against the Jags. So, listeners, I just want to point out that Biz is going for the Tennessee Titans. He wa- he was contemplating picking the Raiders, but forgot that he picked the Raiders just last week. <laughs> yes, that's true. I can't remember. I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm getting, you know, memory loss in my old age. So, you know, I can't Your remember. Your old age at the ripe age of 22. <laughs> that's right. Well, ex- well, exactly. You know, you start to go senile a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to take advantage of the fact that uh, you couldn't pick the Raiders, and I am going to pick the Raiders since I haven't picked them yet. I yeah, love that's... their matchup in SoFi. I understand that the Rams are at home. Uh, it's on a short week, though. Uh, they're going to be playing uh, probably Bryce Perkins because it looks like John Wolford is going to be injured as well. They just picked up Baker Mayfield, and apparently they emailed him the playbook so he could look at the playbook while on the plane out to Los Angeles. Oh, um, oh, we, we didn't even mention the fact that Baker Mayfield on this podcast, we'll talk about that later, um, is now playing for the Rams. But, uh, you, you know, SoFi Stadium is the worst home stadium in the entire league because it seems like every other fan base just shows up there. This seems like it's a, a an opportunity for the Las Vegas Raiders to go ahead and start cementing themselves as potentially this late season team that's going to start pushing for an either nine and eight record or somewhere around there and maybe squeak into the playoffs. I think that's going to be the Steelers more so, but I think the Raiders come away with this win. I I agree. I mean, I would pick the Raiders. The Rams have just had a 
a season to forget. It's just been awful. Um, they've just been really terrible. And I, I think there is something right about the Super Bowl hangover. Um, you know, last year, I thought the Bucks... But not like well. this. Not like this. No, you're right. They've just been so bad. It's just been, you know, I know Matt Stafford has had a bit of an injury, but even well, and still... Cooper no, Cup just... and Aaron Donald's been in and out as well. It's... And, and, and also, like, Jalen Ramsey now apparently uh, being adopted by DK Metcalf because clearly DK Metcalf is his daddy. Uh, we got the Seahawks reference in. Um, I, I, I got, yeah. got another one in. Yeah, I mean, they've... I mean, yeah, we, we don't, it's been a really poor season for them. I, I agree. I think it's almost any team that plays the Rams now, it's like, yeah, pick them. Yeah, the Rams are the late-season Texans now. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, it's just been a... a a season to forget and they're obviously going to be looking to rebound for next year. And I think, I think they've almost thrown in the towel already because there's nothing to play for now. So the Raiders are a, a very good pick. And with that listeners, that wraps up our picks for the week. Just to recap, biz is picking the Tennessee Titans over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm taking the Las Vegas Raiders over the Los Angeles Rams. A couple of interesting scores, stories going on this week. I, I, I want to finish the non-proper football news before we get into your proper football news, just to be able to breeze through those. Uh, mentioned earlier that Baker Mayfield requested and was mutually agreed to be released by the Panthers, and then all as soon as waivers cleared on Tuesday, was headed to Los Angeles to be an emergency quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Matt Stafford looks like his injury is going to be... A little bit worse for wear because of that spinal contusion. I think they're going to be playing it safe from him. Um, and we saw John Wolford have injury issues this past week. So Baker Mayfield, he may be starting. He may just be there to be the backup. Not sure what's going on there. Yeah, this is a very interesting story. To me, it, it kind of it reeks of desperation to a certain extent of the Rams reaching for a stopgap solution. And, and I sort of understand it. They kind of coincided, you know, Baker gets released. But it's like, th there's that element to the story for the Rams. So like, they need a stopgap quarterback. But is Baker going to come in and be the answer for a, for a really poor team? Are they going to really sort of play for him and kind of give him the support that he needs? It's really hard coming into a team mid-season or towards the end of the season, as you said, they just like emailed him the playbook and it's like, okay, not even going to have that much time to practice. But then the other, the other side of the story is Baker Mayfield himself and, and the kind of downfall of him. And he, he, he's still quite young. He hasn't been in the league that, that long. Is this his fourth year or fifth year? This is his fifth year. Um, he was in the 2018 um, draft class. Right. And, and it's, you know, he had that one very good season for the Browns where they, where they annihilated the Steelers in the playoffs. And then, and then it just seemed to go downhill from there. And it's really sad. It obviously didn't work out in Carolina. But I actually feel a bit sorry for him because I don't feel he ever got given a massive stretch of games to kind of show his worth. And, and you're also playing for a really poor team as well. So you're like, well, is it Baker Mayfield or is it the rest of the team? I still think he, he was the best quarterback on their roster. And I feel he should have been given a bit more time. But it just seems the league has seemed to say, you know, sayonara to Baker Mayfield, you know, thanks very much, and, and let's move on. I don't disagree with both your take and also with the rest of the league's take. I, I think Baker Mayfield is actually either an above-average quarterback or slightly better than that. 
Um, right. He had that one good year where he took the Browns to the playoffs, like like we talked about. Uh, and then the following year, which was last season, he 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 played the entire season with a torn labrum. And a lot of us are just like conveniently forgetting the fact that he had a regression year when he played through an injury. Uh, mm. And the only reason why he didn't have the starting job with the Browns this year is because they traded for Deshaun Watson. Now, whether or not they felt like they, with this roster they needed to trade for a more dynamic quarterback or not, I'm not so sure if that's indicative of Baker Mayfield or if that's indicative of the team saying we can upgrade because of the talent of Deshaun Watson. Baker went to arguably the, the worst scenario as far as like offensive line, defensive line, uh, they had CMC at the time, but the, the the head coach was downward spiraling, and that's not necessarily Baker's fault. And now he's going to be on a Rams team that is just trying to stay afloat. I think Baker is going to get picked up by a quarterback-needy team next year. Um, or the Rams may decide that, hey, we're going to rock with Stafford, and we're going to offer Baker Mayfield the backup job because we know he's got starting potential and that way we'll have a two starting caliber quarterbacks, one that's in the eyes of the NFL fallen from grace, but at the same time hasn't proven he's horribly terrible when he's been in with the team that he's fit with. Horribly terrible. I, I, like, well, yeah. I, like, like, that, I like that phrase. <laughs> while you are what your record says you are, and while you are what your play on the field is, I think that this past season with the Panthers is not really a good representation of him. And I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan. I just want to stress this. I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan. But I do think that nobody like deserves a shot at jobs like this. Like You have to go with what your, job, with what your worth is, and you have to go with what the opportunities present to you. I think that if he, continue, if he shows good play... He should be able to put himself in a situation like Mariota's been the past couple of years, where he was a backup in Las Vegas and then got another chance to start in Atlanta. And I think if he does that, he'll get another shot. But I don't think his career is over. I think it's going to take this dip like Mariota did. And I think he will have an opportunity to start another team within the next year or two. I, I think you're right. The, the, the not not counting this season. He's definitely got a chance cool. to start like this season, but still. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're right. I'm sure a team might pick him up. I just wonder if Baker wants to be a backup. Um, it maybe that might be the best offer he gets. And so he's like, okay, fine. But the one thing I would say, as you mentioned, Marcus Mariota, but the other is, you know, for all those kind of players that, that you think are done, you just need to look at what's going on in Seattle with Geno Smith, who's been in the league for 10 nine, years now. Nine, nine years. seasons. Nine seasons. And look what he's doing. So I, I think, I think that, that's an example to show that you know what, we, we can have all these opinions about, you know, players. And, you know, when Geno Smith, after three years, everyone thought he was done. Everyone thought he was rubbish. And, and look, look what, I think it, it also goes to show how much of the NFL is actually about coaching and schemes and putting things into place where you can put a system around this person's skill set and this person's talent and not just saying, okay, Geno Smith can't play because obviously he's shown this year that he can. Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. Likely not going to be signed by the Dallas Cowboys this season. He went in for a physical with the Cowboys after a very, very good conversation, but the medical evaluation looks like it was leaked somehow from the Dallas Cowboys uh, staffs somewhere. And apparently Jerry Jones was not convinced that Odell's physical went well. 
and he's not convinced that Odell will be able to contribute this season, which is what Jerry Jones wants. So it looks like that for anybody in fantasy who drafted Odell is like, we're going to stash him and pick him up at the end of the year for the playoffs when he's going to actually get signed. looks like he may not actually play this season at all. Yeah, it looks like that. I mean, if that's the medical evaluation, then it looks like he obviously just needs to get healthy and and then be back for next season. And hopefully a, a team picks him up. Hopefully. Baseball news. Aaron Judge, new Mr. 62, who broke Roger Maritz's American League record uh, for home runs this past season, has signed with the Yankees to stay in the Bronx. Nine years, $360 million. I'm not a Yankees fan. I'm not really that big of a baseball fan until we get to like late August. But if there's one thing that I, I do think is good for the sport of baseball... It's the Yankees being relevant. I'm not going to say good. I'm not going to say dominant. I'm not going to say like World Series winning. But similarly to like Alabama is for college football, the Yankees are, and and I agree, I'm not a a Bama fan, but having a, a, a villain that you can root against that has a chance to win every single year because of how dominant that they have been or because they just always have a shot, I think is good for sports, depending on what you want. It is much more interesting for the college football playoff, which we'll talk in a little bit, for Bama to be in contention and then for you to have that moment if they get in or if they don't get in. Um, The Yankees haven't been relevant really for like a decade or so up until this past season when they made the playoffs. Actually, no, they've had a couple of playoff seasons the Uh past few years, but they've not really been like that team because the Astros have been that team, and they're the villains for completely different reasons, and that's not good for the sport. But I like the fact that Aaron Judge, kind of like a homegrown Yankee, um, he has a chance to be like that next Jeter for the team, I think. I agree. I, I, I am actually, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not a Yankees fan in any way, shape, or form. My feelings are very similar to America's team on the Yankees. I'm not the biggest baseball fan either, but I am happy he stayed in New York. Um, I agree that, you know, he there was talk because he's from California originally that he was, you know, the Dodgers might put in a bid for him because they have tons of money and they always go for like the biggest free agents out there. Um, but I am actually happy he stayed with the Yankees because, uh, yeah, there's something about he he does seem like a Mr. Yankee and he's been there for all his career. And I think it's good that he stayed there. It's a big contract, but um, I, I, I'm I'm happy that he's actually stayed in New York and, and that you, you have someone that the kind of is happy where they are and they're like i'm I'm not gonna go maybe just for a bit more money like i'm gonna stay where i'm happy and you know th- they are ju- just like sad to say dallas cowboys in the nfl they are that team in baseball and there is something about those pinstripes and the new york yankees that people want to play for so i'm, I'm happy for him that he's, he's staying in new york I mentioned very briefly there about the college football playoff. Uh, We do have a college football playoff that is comprised of the SEC champion, Georgia Bulldogs, the Big Ten champion, Michigan Wolverines, the not conference champion, TCU, I think they're the Horned Frogs, uh, because they lost in their conference championship game, but we're still only a one-loss team. And then Ohio State, whose sole loss was to Michigan en route to Michigan's conference championship. That means that, I don't know, gosh, there's only, it's only happened one other time before that Bama isn't in the college football playoff. For me, 
I'm excited because this means something different, even though George oh, is there right. and they're the, the national champions right now. Yeah. But yeah. this is an exciting playoff for me. Oh, absolutely. It's great. I mean, for me, anytime Bama isn't in, I mean, I slightly disagree with you on that. Like anytime Alabama isn't in, it's great. And I don't think they deserve to get in. But at the same time, there is this argument that like, is Alabama one of the four best teams in the country? Yeah, they are. Like if Alabama played TCU, who who would be favourite on a neutral field? Does anyone actually think TCU would beat them? Probably not. So, um, you know, or, or if Alabama played Michigan or even Ohio State, like who this year's Alabama team. I don't Maybe know. This year's Alabama not. team hasn't looked that particularly say, impressive. True. I will say there is, and this is hard because I'm I'm a Buckeye fan through familial ties. I watched the Michigan Ohio State game, and Ohio State got absolutely annihilated in that second half and um there is something to be said well that yes that's their only loss but it was at home to their biggest rival and they got it, it wasn't even close it was a beat down um it was it was slightly embarrassing actually and yet they back in and there is this argument and i don't think there will ever be it will ever be solved because ohio state sits on its butt in the final week TCU, well, sorry, not TCU, USC goes out, loses in the Pac-12 championship. And yet Ohio State gets in, but USC have played an extra game. So like, I can see both arguments because you could say, well, USC should have won. But then they're playing an extra game and there's, there, there's no fair way in that discussion. I will say, if you're asking me, do I think Ohio State is one of the best four teams in the country? I do. I think they deserve to get in. But I can see arguments for why they shouldn't have been in. It's going to be interesting. Um, and I'm happy TCU's in there too, despite losing, that they still, because it was a close game, they're still in. I'm really, really excited to see what this college football playoff is yeah. going to end up being. Um, I'll be happy with any of these four teams winning. If somehow the final, the college football final, is Ohio State-Michigan, could you imagine, like... I mean, it's arguably the biggest riv rivalry in North American sports, in, in any professional sports or not. Could you imagine if that was the title game? I mean, it would well, be incredible. If Ohio State ends up winning the whole thing, you know Bama fans are going to say it should have been theirs because yes. they're just bitter, terrible people. Yes. Uh, moving on from that statement. So, yeah, nothing happened with the World Cup. Uh, the United States lost <laughs> in the first round of the knockout stages. Uh, that's going to be the end of our conversation about proper football. Uh, Biz, did you have any shout-outs this week? <laughs> uh, oh, I love it. Look, first of all, I'm going to say the U.S. should actually be quite proud. And, and I find this so interesting, and I think it stems from, obviously, the U.S. being a very proud country about a lot of things. They, they don't want to accept... That like I, I found it funny, you know, Charles Barkley was like, oh, yeah, the USA is going to beat Holland. And I was a bit like, it's fine. You can you can think that. But to be all like, oh, I'm like, does anyone like I don't know whether like Americans don't realize about like the Dutch footballing history. But they're one of the like countries that has the greatest footballing history out of any team in the world. Spain versus Holland. the Netherlands is still one of my right. favorite finals of all time. They, they've had one of the. They have constant great players. So anyone that thought the USA was going to be favourites, yes, they, they, they did have chances to win. And I'm going to say, I did think the USA was unlucky. You had chances to certainly put the, 
Netherlands on the back foot in the first 20 minutes. Pulisic missed a guilt edge chance. And this thing, he said he thought he was offside. And I was like, why don't you play to the whistle? I mean, that to me is a schoolboy thing for a world-class player like Pulisic to say, I thought I was offside. Just play to the whistle, particularly now with VAR. If you're offside, they'll do it. Just play to the whistle. If you're not offside, it would have been a goal. The USA had chances. You need a striker because the Netherlands, they basically had three chances and scored three goals. And that's the difference between two good teams. Um, I actually think the US should be quite proud. I think you actually put on a good, good show. You know, you didn't lose in the group stage. And there are some positives you can take going into the next World Cup. The group stage put up some manic upsets. I mean, the last, the last day with Japan beating Spain and uh, Costa Rica at one point beating Germany, but obviously Germany getting knocked out. So Germany got knocked out of the group stage. So there were some big upsets in the group stage. The second round has just been completed, the round of 16. Man, um, obviously the three Lions did it against Senegal. Very good performance, solid performance. Sets up oof, a quarterfinal for the ages, England versus France on Saturday. It sets up another great match, Holland against Argentina. They have a big rivalry in World Cup, in World Cups and international matches. That's on Saturday too. Uh, so two big games on Saturday. The other quarterfinals are set. Morocco beating Spain yesterday on penalties. Oh. oh my, I mean, I don't know if anyone gets a chance, but Spain's penalties were an absolute horror show. I mean, you don't deserve to go through when you can't score a penalty out of five. They had three consecutive penalties saved. You don't, as bad as you are, I actually made a joke that even England would be Spain on penalties given that performance. Um, so credit to Morocco. Portugal, the big story, Portugal absolutely spanking Switzerland 6-1 with Ronaldo out of the team. The coach, they had a bit of a spat in the last game. The coach decided to drop him, replaced by Ramos who's only 21. He comes on, scores a hat-trick. Um, they played. Portugal were brilliant. I almost feel that the weight of Ronaldo was off their team. There isn't this big star where they're like, we have to get the ball to him. Just like we talked about the Rams, Matthew Stafford with just like blinking, you know, headlights on. I have to get the ball to Cooper Cup. No, there's no one else on the field. This is like when Ronaldo plays, they're like, oh, we got, you know, the great, iconic Ronaldo. We have to get the ball to him. Without him, they were just freed up. They played very good football in the midfield, constantly attacking Portugal, Morocco, Brazil had a great result against Korea, um, the Korean Republic. They, you know, it was expected, but they played, you know, put on a bit of a show, 4-0. Um, they're playing Croatia next, who won on, um, who beat Japan on penalties. So some great quarterfinal matchups. Who have you got? So I just, before we go ahead and say what Wrong. my quarterfinal picks are going to be, I just want to point out that that prediction of Morocco over Spain, I don't think anybody that was picking in the quarter in the uh, the round one knockouts would have picked that. But I do want to say that in my initial predictions, I didn't have Spain coming out at all, but I did have Morocco coming out. So my expectation of Morocco was higher than yours. So I'm just going to say that. You did. You did indeed. And that was a great, great pick by you. Um, I also picked Germany to come out of that stage, but we both. But uh, I also picked Japan to come out of that stage too. By the way, I had Japan and Germany, and you had Spain and Germany. So, 
you know, Germany, we're all disappointed there. I just also want to bring up our predictions from the first time. My overall winner is alive and well. Uh, I picked Netherlands from the outset. Uh, I'm a big Netherlands fan. Uh, I, I'm always excited to watch them whenever the World Cup comes. Uh, Biz, uh, how's Belgium doing? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, it's a very lovely country. I'm sure they're doing very well back back home in Belgium now. So, oh, um, great chocolate, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Your pick is still alive and well. Mine is not, sadly, but. I took a bit of a flyer on them because actually I knew that they were a bit of an aging squad. Their last, yeah, this was their last hurrah. But you know what? More for me. Went out on a limb picking the favorite. All right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so uh, the matchups that we have for the quarterfinals: Netherlands, Argentina, Croatia, Brazil, England, France, Morocco, Portugal. So I, I can't not pick against the Netherlands. Uh, I, I have them still live for the whole round. I'm going to pick them to be able to go in and beat Argentina. That's going to be a hell of a matchup. I really like the way the Croatia's been playing so far. Uh, but at the same time, there's just this stigma about Brazil. I can't not pick Brazil. Uh, I, I kind of hope that Croatia comes out of that one because I think it would be a fantastic story. But Brazil is just, they're just always there. They're always too good. England, France, I'm going to save to my last pick. Uh, Morocco, Portugal. Uh, I, I got to go with Portugal on that one. Uh, I, I love the Morocco pick that I had from before, but Portugal has kind of this like combination of old blood and new blood, and, and I really think that they're moving forward in a positive direction uh, for the sport of proper football for years to come. Uh, so I, I'm going to take Portugal because I think that they're going to be there for the longer time. Biz, I've been very, very happy with how England has been playing. And I know that this is, oh, you're going to be very disappointed when I pick this pick. Oh. But I'm picking England to beat France. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think that this is going to set up an... The kiss of death has been applied to England. Look, you know, uh, you know the England team is listening to the podcast right now. Like, yeah, live. they're the only they're the only uh, <laughs> other uh, organization that we grant access to our Discord channel. They listen like <laughs> vigorously. Like, like right now, I see Harry Kane is just posting, "Please God, no!" For the love yes, of yes. everything, please God, no. England's just been playing fantastic ball, and I, I just really want to see you come on these chats with me uh, wearing uh, your three lions on the shirt. That, that's all I want to say. Uh, who do you got in the quarters? So, yeah, uh, so I'm going to go. So first, Morocco, Portugal. If, if Portugal play like they did yesterday, Morocco have got no chance. Like, it, it was an absolute beatdown. Switzerland are a good team. They're no, they're no scrubs, as, as you guys often say. I mean, they're, they're, they're a good, solid European football team. Portugal absolutely annihilated them. So if that's their way they're going to play moving forward, I think Portugal will win. The caveat is if Ronaldo plays, I think Morocco have more of a chance because Portugal showed the way forward is to not play Ronaldo, have him come off the bench. There is this kind of romantic story with Morocco. I can see Morocco, if they play, they just defended so well against Spain. But Portugal is a different proposition they're a bit more incisive with their attacks. With Spain, I, I texted you this, it's death by a million passes. And they're actually boring to watch, Spain. They have this ticky tack and they stick with it and it's short passes, passes, but they don't go forward. And if you don't go forward, you can't actually score any goals, no matter if you have 98% possession. There was a stat, Spain had 
over a thousand passes yesterday. They completed nine hundred, and they had like four shots on goal. Something. So, I, I'm going to pick Portugal. It's hard to go against Brazil. They they have talent all over the pitch. Croatia yeah. are a good team. I think if it if it's tied, Croatia might have a chance. I think they might have a chance if it goes to penalties. Obviously, they, they are a bit of a lottery. But I think Brazil just has too much firepower over the pit, um, all over the pitch, and they just got too much skill attacking wise. Um, I can't see Croatia winning. Holland Argentina, that that for me aside is probably the pick of the quarterfinals. The Dutch, the Dutch are a difficult team to beat. They don't have the the flair of previous Dutch teams, but man, they're they're, they're organised, they're efficient, and when they go forward, they take their chances. Argentina mm. haven't shown much as of yet. And Messi scored the other day. I, I, I'm going to pick the Dutch, partly because I, I want the Dutch to win. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's very even. Um, so I'm going to pick the Dutch. Now for the big one. Hold on. I just want to point out that before you make your final pick, you and I have identical picks for the quarterfinals. Please continue. <laughs> so now I have to pick France. No, I'm just um, saying that before you go into this, you're just copying all of my predictions. Look, here, Mbappe aside, who's arguably the best player in the world. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he, just, he just leaps off the screen every time he makes a play. Right. Apart from Mbappe, there's, there's no one in the French team that we should fear. And I would say, on paper, even with Mbappe, our team stacks up completely against uh, the French. Sometimes you play this game where you're like, okay, well, who from the French team would get into the England team or vice versa? And, you know, I, I like the way we've been playing. We've been playing really solid, good football so far. The USA game was the worst game we played. Uh, we should have lost, but somehow we dug out a point and that shows again a level of, okay, well, we're still going to get something out of the game. I, I just hope, to me, it, it's how our manager, Gareth Southgate, manages it. Man- manages it tactically. I think if he gets his tactics right, we're definitely in with a chance of winning. I think we have a good chance of beating France. There's nothing to fear. Obviously, as I'm, I'm English, I can't. I'm not. Go, I'm not going to pick against us, particularly when, when it's France. So I'm. I'm going to go down with the ship. I'm picking the three lions to set up a, a semi-final with Holland or Argentina. So yeah, we have identical picks. So you heard it here, uh, Biz, who doesn't know that much about. Proper football at all has to rely on my picks to be able to make a decision. <laughs> um, your improper fantasy football podcast picks for the quarterfinals are going to be Netherlands, Brazil, England, and Portugal. And if that ends up being the quarterfinals, I think everybody is going to be rolling their eyes because it's just so Europe dominated. But at the same time, you know, that's just me. Um, <laughs> do you have anything that you want to say to the English national team? Good luck on Saturday. Let, let's get it done. Yeah. Go three Lions. Go three Lions. Uh, do you have any shout outs? I do have a shout out. Sticking with an England national team, the cricket team had one of the most sensational wins ever in its test history, where we beat Pakistan in the first test last week. I'm not going to get into the details, but it was one of the most sensational test victories we have ever had in Royal Pindi in Pakistan. It's our first test there for 17 years for security reasons. No tests have been played in Pakistan um, amid fears of, of tension. Um, and this was the first uh, tour to Pakistan we've had in 17 years. 
And the first test match was absolutely sensational. We won on the fifth day in the dark when the light was fading. And when that happens, sometimes the umpires say, look, we can't play anymore. And we, we got it done. We took the last wicket with, you know, not very much time left to play. Congrats to England. It was a fantastic result. Listeners, it's been a fantastic fall into winter for sports overall. It's just been kind of crazy. Has anything stuck out to you? If it has, please reach out to us. Our Twitter, at Improper Fantasy. Our Instagram, Improper Fantasy Football. And of course, you can directly email us at ImproperFantasyPodcast at gmail.com. Biz, my coffee is empty. I'm excited for more sports to happen this weekend across everything. So the only thing that I can say now is cheers. Cheers. Till next time.